Okay, babe, I'll take the dick out halfway. I'm a choosing those hoes. 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 I don't need a girl that's walking. I don't need a girl that's talking. I don't need a girl that thinks she's fine. I need a young lady to blow my mind. I'm a choosing those hoes. I'm a choosing those hoes. It's time for another episode of 252 with your host, Frank G, Ralphie D, and Kuwata Kurt. Did everybody see the Rogue One trailer? I did. I did not. Lazy bastard. <laughs> well, I, 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 okay. I saw it, but it was on my, my buddy had his phone and he was like holding it, showing me. So I was like, I didn't really see it. Yeah. <laughs> saw it at work when it hit last night, huh? Yeah. We were sitting there. He's like, oh man, the new trailer's on. And he was like showing me on his iPhone. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. But you know, he's looking over somebody's shoulder and they're holding it in their hand. I'm like, eh. I really right. couldn't tell what was going on. And it was quick, too. It was, it was what, a 10-second teaser or something like that? Oh, no, there's the full, oh. like, two-minute versions out now. Yeah. Oh. Hopefully this is the only uh, trailer that I watch until December. But, I mean, holy shit, it looks good. There should only be possibly one more anyway. Then I don't think they're going to do, like, you know, the mass amount they did for the last thing because it's a different, well, different setup. Yeah, that's true, but I mean, it's still, you know, seven months away, eight months away, and you know how they like to spoil the hell out of shit damn near. <laughs> yeah, but this is that same marketing team that uh, that managed to hold in all that Force Awakens stuff. You know, we got a lot that they showed us, but there was a lot that they didn't, so. Yeah. I think that, I think I got to make sure I uh, at least watch the trailer for the first time so I can uh, have my... Uh, educated opinion on it I, I know i'm gonna love it anyway i love yeah. all the star wars shows. you know if you didn't have the sound and you didn't you know you weren't paying close attention you could mistake it for some other sort of not entirely star wars thing and then you start to notice like all the, you know, the fact that there's like stormtroopers and shit all over the place you know but a lot of the scenes look like they could come from some other science fiction movie that also looks like it would be good so that's a good sign Damn good. And then Adats, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and in the location that they were in, which I think is maybe a new sort of thing that we haven't seen. Oh, yes, for sure. With, without giving it away to the guy who hasn't yet seen it. <laughs> I know. Some different looking stuff there. <laughs> Watch it. I, I apologize. I apologize. Oh, no, that's okay. Homework. We shouldn't be telling it to the people out there who haven't seen it yet either, because they might also be. Here. I would have to say that I did uh, do a little uh, homework on Batman versus Superman. I still have not seen the movie, but as that new uh, study just came out, it looked like it took a staggering 80% drop at the box office. Yeah, that's pretty big. I think a lot of these movies now have like everybody who wants to go see it goes right away, you know, opening day or before now at this point. 
Uh, like, like by the second week, everybody who was going to go has gone. <laughs> you know? Unless that well, movie has staying power, though. I mean, Deadpool did have some really decent staying power. Deadpool Not to totally shit on your point, but I mean... No, that had word of mouth, too. I think I don't think as many people were waiting to go week one as heard about it from people who did and went, oh, really? Okay, I'll go week two. Yeah, I, I think that one probably uh, did the incline thing. Which is rare yeah. these days, because everything is so fan-based. Very know, true. It's either Marvel or DC or you know Hunger Games or Twilight or whatever the the girl equivalents of Marvel and DC are these days. Yeah. But with that with that being said, I I know for me personally, I went to go see The Force Awakens again, and I like I stated before in uh, one of our earlier podcasts, I was so nervous. I had that nervous feeling, like oh man, I just didn't want that movie to suck. So I didn't. I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it. So I, I took my family to go back. We went again to go see it. And that's, this time I was able to relax and then really enjoy the movie. And um, we also went out and we bought the uh, the digital uh, download because uh, last weekend we had a birthday party for my son. And we just let The Force Awakens just roll, you know. That the whole party is it's, it's on, man. I, I mean, it was... I, uh, Iron Man Avengers birthday party, but yeah, we were playing say, Star Wars. <laughs> I spent too much time in the garage because I missed all of the Star Wars Awakens that was in the house. Yeah, <laughs> the kids were watching. Yeah, all the other kids, they were just like, it was funny because they were running around the house, but then they would just sit down and watch like a nice long plug of Star Wars. And it's like, no, I don't care. I was like, we're, we're running this on repeat. So it was, it was the force awakens was playing when people arrived and it was still playing when they left. And after we cleaned up the house, you know what I did? I sat down and I watched that goddamn movie again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I still haven't watched it a second time yet. I've caught a couple of bits and pieces here and there, but nothing too major. I need, I'm going to sit down and watch again shortly. Yeah. Still good though. And, uh, um, I know, Frank, you were saying that um, you kind of had a softer approach the second time around to Batman versus Superman. Have you watched it a third time or just the two? No, I can I can save those two hours and 40 minutes a, a third time. But you know, the second time was because somebody else wanted to see it. And I said, OK, so then I, I wouldn't have necessarily done the second viewing in the first place. But since I did, it did make it a little. Uh, I said, oh, OK, this isn't as bad. I could look at, you know smaller things instead of focusing on the big pile of suck in the center of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they had too much to work with to totally, you know, drop the ball. I mean, and I remember, Kurt, we had this conversation a long time ago. You said that you saw an interview with some actor that said that uh, you never know when uh, you're working on, like, a movie that's going to oh, yeah, be yeah. critical praise be awesome, but you do know when you're working on a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a Denzel Washington. He said, "You don't always know when you got a good one, but you know." And he started laughing. He said, he said "But you know when you're on a stinker." <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the yeah, more... the sad Affleck thing that's going around where he was? Uh, yeah, the press. It's, like, <laughs> it's like it's okay, man. You were the part that didn't suck. Yeah, sitting next to Henry Cavill, and he's like, you know, <laughs> trying to throw in his two cents and, hey, man, we did what we could do with what we had. 
with a smile. And then Ben Affleck just looked so dejected next to him. He should have jumped up and punched him. Then it would have really been Batman versus Superman. I'd have paid for that. Right on. So <laughs> actor beat down. <laughs> so, uh, so what's the working theory on the next movies coming from DC? They're panicking. Oh God, yeah, that's funny you say that because I just read something that they they pushed up uh, Wonder Woman. They're, they're going to release Wonder Woman sooner than they uh, had, sooner than scheduled. Yeah, Wonder, so they, Wonder Woman uh, has moved uh, up, and uh, and they're spending millions to add humor to Suicide Squad because there was you know they, they've heard it was too dark and people liked Wonder Woman, so like, okay, well let's shove that. So now we'll get a three-quarter finished version of that movie. You know, and uh, apparently they either have fired or Zack Snyder has walked away from Justice League in, in an angerous rage type thing. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, man. But they haven't, they haven't announced that, so they could still work that out with the money. Because if, uh, if he leaves, they don't have to pay him. But if they fire him, they do have to pay him. So I don't see them doing that. Right. But and the the movie's still making money. I mean, it's up to six hundred million worldwide. So just because it's not a money maker doesn't mean, or just because it's not, you know, oh yeah, they're claim. getting paid. But how much do they spend? Though the question is, three hundred and fifty million to make it, three hundred million to market it, and they've made how much back? About uh, they're about even. Yeah, they're about even. Which is good. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that, great, that, yeah. That, well, that's a loss because again using Deadpool, what did they, they, they made Deadpool for like, what, like 30 million. They marketed, yeah. I mean, uh, when they did their marketing, a lot of it was done from Ryan Reynolds home, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. I mean, he took the suit home with him and they shot a bunch of fucking internet spots. <laughs> I mean, they fuck that, that movie made fucking money. See, that's I the think difference it hit there. a billion, didn't it? It probably, yeah. It's the difference between filmmakers who understand the thing that they're making a film about and ones who do not, you know? Like, he could be Deadpool and can do that kind of PR because he gets it, you know, 100%. But I don't think right. anybody except Ben Affleck had a clue on the Batman versus Superman thing. You know, so I would like to see his the one that he's written and plans to direct that's the Batman solo film because that'll probably be cool. Very true. Very true. Uh, I, I have a lot of faith in Ben Affleck's directing uh, skills. I mean, uh, the movies that he's directed, I've seen and I've liked a lot. So I'd, I'd definitely love to see what he can do with the Batman franchise. Yeah. So hopefully it's something decent. Daredevil was not his fault, and he didn't have anything to do with Elektra. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame him for either one of those. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Electra, uh, funny thing at the Gaddy House, uh, Electra just recently got another burn, and uh, <laughs> I was watching it, and, and now looking at Electra in my older, wiser eyes, that movie was still so much steaming dog crap. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was so many different ways they could have done it. And I also happened to be watching um, the Daredevil uh, series on Netflix. And um, this, even this version of Elektra, I mean, it's not quite the Elektra that I 
remember, but I still think the way that they're doing it is um, more interesting and more believable than Jennifer Gar whatever that other movie was. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first clue is that the, the Greek Asian person should not be played by Jennifer Garner in the first place. You know. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, like, you just don't look the was, part. She's too tall. She's too thick, basically, for Electra, who should be fucking ninja sized. Right. And she's too lanky. And um, for me, it wasn't uh, her movements and all that weren't believable in that movie. Um, And this goes back to my theory uh, of, uh, you know, women being ass kickers in movies. Hey, I want to see you be believable. I want to. You know, get immersed in that you could really whoop ass. Like um, in the Kill Bill movies, love those movies, but um, Uma Thurman's karate and kung fu scenes are kind of take me out of it, but it's so well done that it doesn't totally take me out of it. So uh, right. I, I love Uma Thurman's acting, but her kung fu kind of takes me out. But, um, he edits, you know, he edits around that as much as possible. Yeah. He edits around it and her uh, stunt doubles really, and you can really see it because her stunt double is like, it's like a kind of shorter than her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Chuck no. Norris with a mustache well, and shit, yeah. I think it's that big uh, Zoe, that uh, New Zealand oh, chick. okay, right on. really yeah. awesome. He should just had her do the whole damn movie. Yeah. There you go. Uh, they yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, well, he, he did do that, and... Um, yeah, nobody you liked know, it, yeah. so so yeah, Zoe sucks. That's that's uh, that's the problem. She can't act. It's kind of like a uh, Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah, her fight <laughs> scenes were believable, but yes. uh, also watching her acting was like watching paint dry. It wasn't even as good as watching paint dry. I mean, her acting skills, Cynthia Rothrock, weren't that good. But Zoe, she was in uh, Death Proof, right? And I, I thought she did a decent job in that. I like that one, but everybody hated that. Yeah, I don't know why. I, yeah. I, I like that. Uh, too many words. Yeah, too many <laughs> words. It was it was too slow paced, and especially after you watch Planet Terror, that was then the it problem. seemed like it was. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like we, you shouldn't have shown us Planet Terror first, and then showed right. it way the fuck down. You know. Yeah, yeah they should but have flipped that like, around. You're right about that. I did. I did enjoy and appreciate the build of uh, the build up, but um, yeah, they probably should have flipped them. Because, uh, goddamn, yeah, Planet Terror was a that was a nice ride. <laughs> that was really good. The best thing about Grindhouse was the machete trailer. They called him Machete. Seventy dollars a day for the yard work. Hundred for roofing. Get in. One twenty-five for septic. Sewage. Have you ever killed anyone before? As you may know, illegal aliens such as yourself are being forced out of our country at an alarming rate for the good of both our people. Our new senator must die, and for that I will pay you $150,000. Cash. He was given an offer he couldn't refuse. I've cost the most, because I'm the best there is. Set up, double-crossed, and left for dead. I took a vow of peace. And now you want me to help you kill all these men? Yes, bro. 
I mean, Padre. See what I can do. He knows the score. Where are my wife and daughter? And he kills the bad guys. Oh, shit. You knew that a Mexican day laborer is a goddamn federal! But they soon realized... He's coming after us. They just fucked with the wrong Mexican. Machete. Yeah, which spawned <laughs> it off two fucking movies. And the third one's coming soon. Mache- oh, machete man, in space with lightsabers, dude. This is going to be insane. <laughs> and oh, and they said I, they were making that long, be- long before there was a Star Wars re, uh, re- came back. With, uh, I mean, it was when there was no plan to make more Star Wars, they already said machete in space, and then suddenly there was Star Wars. So maybe that was you know, cross-influence. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas was watching Machete and said, oh, I gotta sell this so somebody can make more movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like when they were uh making spy kids, they were like, you know what's really gonna really crack off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is the same character, man. People don't uh I, don't notice yeah, that. that pe- people forget because Spy Kids was a kid's movie. You 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 absolutely like you barely remember Danny Trejo was even in that movie, and yeah, then you're like, I, "Oh yeah, that's right." That's yeah, Shit. he was Uncle Machete. <laughs> I don't see why you won't help him. You think I want to babysit my brother the rest of my life? Watch out for Gregorio. Take care of Gregorio. Make sure Gregorio knows right from wrong. Not anymore. Machete is not responsible for nobody but Machete. That's <laughs> What did Uncle Machete used to do when he was young? <laughs> Cue the flashback films, yeah. But then the uh, the one girl from the the Spy Kids movies is in the Machete Lives or whatever the second one was. I'm like, hey, wait a minute! Now this is all kinds of confusing because she's playing someone else. Oh wow! Right. What like the young girl? Well, she's not yeah, young anymore. What's her name? Yeah, she's what? not. She's a grown woman now. Oh shit! I but you forget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you forget when they were kids. Like they grew up, you know. That's right. Oh well, no, I was thinking Shark Boy and Lava Girl. That's right. Um, same, same Shark shit. Boy, Shark same Boy shit. is uh, Taylor Lautner, right? Okay, I said I, I, I remember that one, but I never actually saw that. Yeah, that's Taylor Lautner. And who's Taylor Lautner? I don't know. He, yeah, he's in some movies, right? <laughs> some movies that I know nothing about. <laughs> sure, you know. <laughs> Oh, Lord, have mercy. So let's see. Oh, yeah. So, Frank, uh, I did see your post of um, that original Archie artwork. Oh, and yeah. uh, who were you saying was the uh, artist on that? It uh, wasn't DiCarlo? No, it is a DiCarlo, yeah. Oh, it is DiCarlo. Okay, right on. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, uh, that looked really cool. I was saying you can, I can tell by the, the, the broad outlines that you're sort of his definition. And I was saying that... Uh, you know, if you remember the the cracked interviewer Nanny Dickering was was a DiCarlo thing that uh, that he was responsible yes. for that and like that style is still you know a, a cheesecake thing that still goes they kind of you know took this guy who was drawing pinups and had him start drawing this kids thing but, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's why it worked so well. 
Yeah. Maybe that's why I get a little tingle when I see Betty and Veronica, even in in fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool to look at the actual page of art. You can see the layers and the erased words and everything underneath. So yeah, I think so, they were drawing no, I, everything naked, and then the you know the inker and color people were putting on the clothes, which is how that shit used to work, where you could suggest <laughs> outfits and stuff from you know viewer input and whatever. So that was the oh, okay. the last edition when the colorist got in. He put on the clothing. Yeah. All right, that's what that's that, that sounds a little like the um the uh what is that the uh the the lore of the Disney animators and how they're always trying to one up each other, you know. Let me see if I can slide this in on this next Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I've seen a lot of things like John Byrne drawings too where he would uh, you know, he start uh, with whatever hot model chick it is that he likes, and he'd draw a She-Hulk that looked just like the model, except she was naked, and then he'd have to erase the bits and draw over them, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're always drawing naughty shit, but then that just doesn't make it to print. Like voiceover artists or uh, cartoon artists, when uh, every now and then you can, you know, hear one of those, uh, some outtakes or something, you could hear Pinky and the Brain swear or something. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> really how accidents cool. happen, too. I have a uh, supposedly rare Electra number three from two thousand something. So whichever reboot that may have been, but it's it's the rare nude variant because they forgot to you know ink clothes on her in one panel, so she stayed oh. there completely nude and they colored it as nude instead of as clothing. So they, <laughs> it got out there. Oh, wow. They had to pulp and destroy like two hundred thousand issues. All right, but you have one without that wasn't destroyed, apparently. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I doubt that most of those retailers destroyed them. It's prob- there's probably you know 100,000 copies laying around somewhere in a box. It would probably, probably, probably be easier just to slap the uh, Marvel Max sticker on it than to... Uh... Yeah, that's what they were <laughs> doing. They said, well, this, we're just going to switch project lines here. Move it. <laughs> it was a terrible book anyway. Oh, really? All that 2000, like everything that people love him, and I'm sure somebody will hate this, but everything that Bendis writes sucks. <laughs> like, Ooh. You know, the, the first Ultimate Spider-Man stuff was good. I'll give him that. You know, but as it went, as he got famous, his stuff just got shitty. Uh, well, it's maybe it's just one of those things where he didn't have the staying power. You know, you run out of ideas. <laughs> I think that was just they gave him too much freedom. Right, so I'm about to say, sometimes it might just be uh, his hubris, you know. He started mm-hmm. feeling himself a little, uh, started feeling himself a little too much, and then it's like, ah, your work is starting to suffer. Yeah, yeah I can do similar. You know? Like, dude, all you're really doing is adding emo shit to what Stanley wrote 40 years ago. You know, like the same exactly. script, same script, d- different day. <laughs> <laughs> same script, different day. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking back to um, pencils, uh, penciling, um, I, I always, well, not always, but there was a time where I wanted to be a comic book artist, but, uh, and I remember wanting to do the blue pencil thing, but I just couldn't, um, I just couldn't really do it. I don't know what it is about blue pencils that rack my brain so much, but I really like, uh, you know, some number two lead <laughs> on some paper, and that's how I draw. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On a Strathmore freaking, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, on a Strathmore binded bound paper. That's 
that's just my my style and I, I can never really do the blue pencil and all that stuff I mean Kurt knows because he gave me a project back in the day and um, I had to ink it draw it ink it I lettered it too and uh, that's shit that's a lot of work man the, the official I mean, Marvel tryout book <laughs> no it wasn't, it wasn't that it was uh, <laughs> it was our own project oh, nice and, yeah uh, it was a story that I wrote, and I had already wrote the uh, the sister book to it, and I wrote the other stuff so Harp could, you know, flush it out. I'm like, all right, it's, oh, man, it took just forever. He never finished it. He had a nice yeah. cover, a nice cover. Yeah, and I, I, I want to say three pages, three pages. Yeah, it may have been two and a half. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I wrote you a whole fucking book. Like, <laughs> what, I'm man? Like, hey, look, do you, but do you see this cover, though? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this cover is nice. <laughs> it was but, a nice and, cover. And plus, we were we were doing stuff on uh, eight and a half by 11. You know what I mean? We, did, we didn't have the, the uh, foresight or anything to do stuff on the big paper. And really, because, you know, we weren't going to shrink it down. We were just going to make a comic out of, you know, the 8 and a half by 11 sheets somehow. You know, <laughs> yeah. borders all just to the edge of the paper mostly. But but still, you know, I, I tried my best to make it look as professional and as good as possible. But when you don't have any formal training, <laughs> you just copy in the grates, basically. Yeah, for sure. And the different uh, the different places that back then and probably now it's all digital, but back then they seemed to do it different ways too. Like all the Marvel pages I've ever seen are usually eleven by seventeen Bristol boards, you know, big ass pages that they get you know, shrunken way down. This uh, yeah. the Archie page, and this from the seventies, but it's about maybe nine by fourteen or something like that. It's a little bit smaller than the eleven by seventeen. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's still it's a Bristol board, you know. It's just a you know a smaller one, and, uh, right? And they were he was using what looks like probably a number three pencil. It's not the blue stuff underneath there. It is you know the standard sort of gray color, but uh, oh okay, but very light. And then mm. obviously erased in some place because it looks like there was you know every place there's a word bubble and and finished lettering you can see underneath where there were like a handwritten just scribbled in version of what it's supposed to say. Right. This is kind of cool. I, I didn't think they did that, but there it is. <laughs> so it's- For us being, uh, you know, young and just kind of, uh, kind of, um, I don't want to say half-assing, but kind of putting something together how we think it should go. I mean, Kurt making a script for it and then, you know, passing that to me. Uh, you know, he roughed it out, fleshed it out a bit, but mostly roughed it out and then let me know what the scenes would be. And then I'd go in and draw those and ink those. But, um, well, I should have probably finished it for one because <laughs> I had plenty of time. My, my deadline, I think you gave me too long of a deadline. And that, yeah. you know, those couple weeks turned into months, which well, turned into years, well, which turned into decades. <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because, I mean, we had our little, our little quote-unquote company, but it was just it was just all just a bunch of buddies doing it. And I remember, you know, cause I was, uh, I was wearing both hats, you know, as artist and editor. And I remember when I gave, uh, Pat those pages to ink and when he yes. gave them back, 
because this is uh, this is original artwork here. There was no uh, there was no second go. So when I gave him my pages to ink, and he took his liberties uh, when he brought it when I got it back, I was like, "You you motherfucker!" <laughs> I was oh, like, like, "Oh, his, like his work." Huh? I was like. Yeah, I was like, well, this is forever changed. That, that That's what happened. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, look. He was so happy and proud of what he did, too. And I just remember, like, just on the inside, you know, I didn't want to bust nobody's bubble because it's like nobody's getting paid for this. You know, this is just, we're just doing this for the love of love of comic books and everything like that. So he was so happy and everything. He's like, yeah, I busted all this out. And I was just like, Oh man, I literally just wanted you to trace it in ink, but all right, it's all good. You were looking for Klaus Jansen, you got Vince Coletta. <laughs> not good. Yeah, uh, not good. But I was like, hey, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> That's cool though. We all everything we did back then. We like you said, it wasn't half-assed. It was it was you know one and a half fast we put in more effort to get to where we thought we should be and sometimes we're doing it correctly and sometimes we're doing it the hard way but but we always well, tried to get it I think a lot of times we were doing it the hard way yeah well, we, we had no we money were just, yeah exactly without without money and actual means we were just doing I think that's why the those lady that lady took uh, like pity on us in the first place because she saw we're good kids and we're just out on the stoop drawing and I mean and we had a little of attention because people were like hey what are you guys doing because some of the other kids like they would just like sit around us while we were drawing and stuff and they would just be playing with their whatever G.I. Joe's or Transformers you know kind of at our feet while we're on the stoop getting it done and they I think that's why they looked and was like hey you guys could be doing because again you know late 80s, early 90s, I mean, there's so many things young kids could have been doing other than drawing comics. You know what I mean? Especially in the neighborhood that we lived in. Because it was going, it was going down. The shit was real. It was going down. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, I, I thought it was really cool when they gave us the facility where, hey, we actually had tables and chairs and desks and a bathroom. And it was, it was like, I was like, there's no way this is going to last. <laughs> like, and that I lady she was just, she was so nice. And when, uh, I don't, I can't remember if she got promoted or if she just quit and got another job. I don't remember, but I remember the next manager that came in, I was like, Hey, I got the newsletter out. And she was like, what newsletter? <laughs> Shut this shit down. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I remember thinking I should have never fucking, because nobody, I had a key. Didn't nobody know we were in there. <laughs> Yeah, I was I like, shit. I was like, I never. I, there was a part of me that I was like, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have brought her that strip. I was like, hey, this is for the newsletter. What newsletter? Uh, mm. uh, damn. Oh, damn it. The jig is up. <laughs> yeah, the jig is up. This is the death of Comtroll Comics. It's ending mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Actually, what uh-huh. ended Comtroll Comics was uh, girls. We were on the strip yeah. on the on, on the cruise, and I think that's what really killed uh, my creative flow. The uh, the idea of getting ass <laughs> kind of <laughs> killed that. <laughs> yeah, See, now it's I a agree. selling point. You, oh, you draw comics? Yeah. Yay! You know, back then, yeah, was like, exactly. Yeah. Fucking nerd, <laughs> go away! You can't get <laughs> exactly. out of this. Oh, 
Oh was, man, it was like the it was like a deep dark secret. It's like you didn't want anybody to know, and it's like you're trying to meet girls, you're trying to be cool, you're trying to do all this, and it's yeah. like, yo, what Spider Man? And they always had that look like, oh, I kind of know Spider Man and Batman. Yeah, you kind of know, you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't try we to make me feel bad. <laughs> we didn't help our own case by like only chasing after girls that were not into that kind of shit. You know, we were chasing after the prom queen instead of the nerdy girl who was sitting there going, I like Spider-Man too. You know, we, know. Didn't, we didn't pay any attention to her. <laughs> should have freaking known better. You're goddamn right. But eventually we learned to uh, manage our expectations. <laughs> yeah, it's just too bad that it wasn't a course in that earlier on. They should, yeah, they should handle they really that should in seventh been. grade when they teach you about like taking showers and where where hair might grow from and stuff. They should cover that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. in, in, in health class, human development. <laughs> <laughs> human development, what? <laughs> Come on, Dad, we learned it in human development. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, they taught me how to carry around two babies that were made of flour, but they did not teach me how to interact with females. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hey, aren't we missing a step here, guys? <laughs> I know. Hey, how am I supposed yeah. to get these damn babies in the first place? <laughs> so you want me to put my P in her V. Well, how can I get, I want this to happen. How can I get it to happen? <laughs> right. Oh, man. It's like, use a condom. Okay, I got that. Okay. All right, so how do I get to the step where I'm supposed to use the condom? <laughs> Oh, by the time you get there, it's expired. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I seriously had a condom in my wallet two years before I had <laughs> sex. Actually, no, it was probably three years before I even had sex for the first time. And it was in there the entire time. It's like a four-leaf clover. It's just a, a good luck charm, but it, it didn't work. Yeah, I'm it saying it's a, a, a no-pussy charm. <laughs> Not a lot of not a lot of call for that. I don't think you can sell those at Hot Topic. But you might be able to sell those at certain you know parenting conventions or something. Yeah, and I I know I know we've said this before, and it was always like the bad after school special that Harp did have that condom in his wallet for so long, and when he finally got his opportunity after yeah. high school. Yeah. Ah, oh, for the first person he has sex with. Dun dun dun. I was like, oh, I guess that condom didn't work, son. You should have bought well, a new one. No, <laughs> I didn't have a kid where they're the first time I had sex. It was, it was after, but it was the first person. Like, did. We did it like 25 times that first week. Somewhere in there, shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> At least 27 times. It still was like, oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, yeah, well, what do you do? Love my kids. <laughs> oh, for sure. It doesn't matter how they got here. Well, once they're here, they're here. <laughs> <laughs> smash, smash, smash cut to 20-some-odd years later. We're going out to the bar, and we have to leave because Ralphie's <laughs> grown-ass child is in there. And like, oh, man, this is bad. I don't want to do this. I can't party <laughs> with my kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that happened. That really happened. Yeah, well, you know, um, you could, uh, I suppose you could party together, but you just have to, you know, when it starts to get too crazy, yeah. you have to separate off. 
Like, yeah, I, I know. She yeah. she wanted to. She was like, man, I wanted to. When I talked to her the next day, she was like, man, yeah, I wanted to party with you guys. I mean, my uncles and my dad, you guys are so fun. And everybody else I was with was boring. <laughs> we had a great time. I was like, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. The problem is when you start like you're going, hey, who's your friend? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Or your friend that, starts. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, exactly. All, all, all of that is bad. And for me personally, it was one of the rare occasions that I got to go out because I'm always, I'm always at work. And if I'm not working, I'm just so tired. I don't even want to do anything. So it was one of those rare occasions that I go out. And then of course, you know, we're at a part, we're at a place and oh, Ralphie's kids there. And I'm just like, oh, you know, <laughs> no, you no. know, I just, I, I just felt too old to be out. That's what it is. At the end of the day, I just felt like I'm just too old to be like, what am I trying to do here? You know, I'd rather just sit at home on the couch and watch TV. <laughs> I'm like, nope, let's go to the next bar. And we did and we had a ball. Are you playing any uh, role playing games with your son at all? Uh, not in the last few weeks because he's been busy playing video games. But uh, we've been doing the, the Star Wars one, and he there's a D and D campaign that's you know suspended and then gets picked back up every few months because they've been, we've right. been in a dungeon a castle thing that's like a freaking eight book module or something that's like a two year thing. So uh, yeah, those are the two that we're basically on. It's made to be a two-year campaign, or just it's turning out to be a two-year. It's, it's a box with all a huge batch. It's made to be a couple years long. Holy mackerel! That's awesome. There's a there's a now that there's a really shitty uh, book out that's called the uh, the world's biggest dungeon or something like that, and it's like I don't know thirty thousand rooms or something. It's like a four hundred page book that's one dungeon you have to go through to kill you know four hundred layers of stuff. It's like, dude. This is really boring, but I commend the effort that went into making this. <laughs> straight up, straight up. I've I mean, seen. we've had some doozies of campaigns before that have probably stretched for, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, sessions. But that, God, that sounds tedious, though. I'll, I'll have to show you the map. It's actually because it's such a huge thing, but there's places you know, that's why we suspend. Like, okay, well, our guys are in this place now, and they're gonna they're gonna rest here, camp, and train and shit. So we'll come back in three months and, and pick up from there after we're done something else. Yeah, every every now and then, though, I would feel bad for Kurt because uh, everybody liked his campaigns and stuff. I mean, he's uh, well. There's there's always the big two. There was either you know you either do an action. Or a story, and you know they both have their good and their bad. You know, especially if you're playing like if you haven't played in a while, if you haven't done anything in a while, like sometimes just a straight action where it's just like basically it's just kind of just fight. (laughs) You take your weapons and just uh, just run havoc, and then then you can do those nice long story questions. If you got people who are really into it and they really want to just submerse themselves in the world, then mm-hmm. you can have a good one. You can have a good run at that too. Like when you were saying like, you know, you got that one dungeon and you're going through all those layers. I feel like if you were with the right group of people who wanted to do it, it seems like it would be something interesting. Like I, I agree. It's like, I applaud you for putting all this, the tedious work to go into it. But 
if you got one or two people who aren't feeling it, I used to always be like, when we were really hot and heavy, like way back in the day when we were doing it, it was always like, if you got one or two people who are like, oh, look, a butterfly. And there's just like, it would always throw you off. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it was like, oh, they, they, you, know, you guys just aren't paying attention anymore. So like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's over. <laughs> a big rock falls out of the sky and kills everybody. <laughs> Let's go do something else. <laughs> so Let's go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's why, I mean, I, I, I think I've had a few decent ones, but, I mean, I've got a crowning achievement campaign that I ran with the whole group that everyone remembers to this day. And uh, just because there was new types of media that I used in it, and I actually put some thought into this campaign, and it wasn't too long. It was just long enough to where, you know, everyone got some action. Um, And I I don't know. I think the sun was shining down on me. I didn't get too distracted. And uh, it it was just like uh, probably uh, 95% if it was graded on Rotten Tomatoes. I think I'd give myself that that grade on that campaign. And I I don't want to ruin my um, overall uh, campaign grade because... uh, for the most part, I do like running them, but I, I like creating the ideas of the campaigns more than I actually like, uh, you know, keeping everyone engaged and stuff. I think uh, with, 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 with Ralph, the one of the things, the reason why that campaign was hands down the best you ever did is because all of your other ones, he would have these big, grandiose kind of ideas and then he, I guess in his head, he had all these pitfalls and subplots and things he were going to do. And then whenever we would play it, our characters would just blow straight through his quest. Like whatever the end game yeah. was, we would get to it in like 20, 30 minutes. It was like, all right, well, we're done. And he was like, oh, well, I had all this stuff. <laughs> I, wrote out, I wrote out. I wrote, I wrote out all this all those pages, you know, things, but I guess, I guess you guys just fucking went right through all that. We were like, yeah, well, we don't know what you have. We're just doing the damn thing. That was the one that was, it was, it was engaging. He had sound effects, which was a cool, you know, it was nice. He was putting the new medium on things because we've never done that before. We never use outside stuff. You know, we just always just, you know, paper, a pen, you know, dice we never used outside things before and it was mixing our world with the zombie apocalypse which was wasn't even a thing way back in the day when we were playing it yeah so yep i want to say that uh it was like early 2000 that i ran that campaign (laughs) yeah yeah i think so 2000 maybe 2001 i don't don't remember but uh yeah definitely it was it was all Cool as a summer breeze, man. You should put all that stuff together, and uh, if you still have it, or even in your head, put it on paper. And there's a lot of, you know, a big market for you know, independent modules and shit these days. You know, um, people put you know out what? their PDF for like three bucks and, and make a cool three, four grand just for putting out shit that was sitting there and doing nothing. Yeah, shit. I I I hope Kurt still has the binder because uh, right. That's one uh, what, well, what had happened was I <laughs> left my it. shit at your goddamn cousin's house, which is uh, like the black hole of anything. You got nice. I yeah. mean, all right. I got all kind of love for Ralphie's cousin, but fuck <laughs> anything you got that's nice. A video game. 
uh, a CD, a DVD. His family, it's like between him, it's like they're all really big people. They're big. And can none of them see. <laughs> they all got glasses. They're all blind. And it's just a destructive. Gets, they just, stuff, they stuff just break and lose everything. Yeah. And I made yeah. the mistake of probably at that time, maybe a good 15 years of all of our quests, all of our characters, all yes. the notes. Cause we would, we would even, I would even leave all the notes that either the GM did or all the players when they were writing down their notes, I would keep everything all together because for me, it was like, when I mean, we're making this world, you can always go back to any of those notes and Having bring things back. Was always yeah. yeah. All that shit. Gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 15 years worth of shit. <laughs> Reduce the and fucking rubble. Right. <laughs> I let, uh, man, I, I let my cuz borrow my, uh, my Spider-Man. Um, it was the, the, the Spider-Man cartoon when, uh, with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Remember that series? That the MTV, cartoon? TV thing? Yeah, I, I think I had the the whole series on like one DVD and uh, I let his son borrow it because he was in the Spidey, you know. I was like, yeah, yeah, borrow that, borrow that. I get it back. In the in the case, it's broken in half though. <laughs> this DVD <laughs> was broken in half. I was like, how did this happen? How did this Somebody happen? didn't know how to push the little button to pull the disc out of the case. <laughs> Snapped it right Man, now. Uh, you know, uh, I let him borrow, and I had this feeling too, because my brother gave me the look like, Kurt, don't let him have it. He had asked to borrow my, you know, the um, Xbox controllers that had the uh, chargeable battery? Well, he was the cord. He was like, yeah, man, I need the cord, you know, to hook it up, you know, charge my battery. And I was like, uh, all right. And he had, he had my cord. He brought it back. My shit was just no longer working. I still got it. I still, I still hold on to it. It's still in the, it's still in the game drawer. I look at it every now and then. Be like, yep, that's a, that's a cautionary tale right there, man. It's like he was like, oh man, we just, I just used, I just charged my thing up and I brought it right back. I was like, okay, well it don't work anymore. <laughs> Something happened. My shit don't everything, work anymore. Everything is always on the cusp of breaking, <laughs> and then. <laughs> You get it. <laughs> they borrow it and you get it back. And he always and he always says, Oh man, it's nothing, man. That's nothing. <laughs> it, it, it's nothing. He's like, Oh man, what, 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 I'll give you like three, four dollars out here. And I was like, No, nah, man, why don't you give me another one? I don't want you to give me some whatever loose change you have in your pocket and talk about how it's nothing. I'll just go get me another one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that, that that's a ho- horrible feeling too, though. When because uh, I've I've borrowed something and you know broken it by accident. You know, hey, my buddy, let me. You know what? And I, I've probably never returned anyone's porn that they let me borrow. <laughs> probably never, because you don't you don't, <laughs> don't really think anybody to get really. That back. Yeah, nobody really wants right? it back. So yeah, I mean, I've lent out porn and never even bothered to ask to get it back. And I borrowed porn and just had it. <laughs> if you ask for it back, yeah, I'll give it back. But I mean, if you don't ask for it back, well, I guess it's mine now. <laughs> so, and, and other way too. You know, I, I, I think it's imp- I think it's impolite to actually ask for it back. 
It's impolite yeah. to ask for your porn back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like that. Well, and today, yeah. all you have to do is, if you really wanted to share, you just sent somebody a link because it's all out there somewhere. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But back in the day when porn was hard scrabble to come by, <laughs> hey, yeah. I need some porn. <laughs> Yeah, now imagine how easy that is now. You can, you know, it's on your phone, you know, wherever you may be. You access yeah. to just about anything you can think of. And a lot of shit I would yeah. never have thought of. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, hey, uh, whole, like sticking a, you know, the page cut out from a different magazine inside of another magazine to hide it and shit. That's long. That's gone. That will never happen again. Yeah, I know. Or... Or having to have a porn stash, uh, an actual physical porn stash. Yeah, you don't even have to have that anymore. It's all, you know, yeah, you just exactly. don't keep it off your desktop. Our book bag would have been dig- digital files synced to everyone's phones and we wouldn't have lost shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you see a, a porn stash or a porn stash? Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, not porn hey, stash, uh, porn stash. Not a porn stash, a porn stash. Okay, I just wanted you to clarify because I heard porn stash, but I didn't know you meant porn stash. You could double up. You meant up. porn stash. You could double okay. up and have a porn stash of porn stashes. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your thing. You know. <laughs> if, that, if that is your thing. <laughs> yeah, one of these days, maybe I will grow a porn stash. Uh, both ways. Maybe I'll have two porn stashes. <laughs> a porn stash to go with a porn stash. <laughs> Get like a little Billy D going there. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. uh, he just turned 70 or something. Like, damn, Billy D's old. If he dies oh, before man. they before they make him into Lando again, they're going to have to hire Willie D instead. <laughs> now, Willie D as Lando Calrissian is something I can get behind. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> the only thing see. is, Willie D is probably fifty years old now. <laughs> Willie D is old now, but he's in fucking shape, man. That dude's like a boxer. And oh, really? He's yeah. an activist too. I, I keep telling him, like, dude, you need to run for president. And then he, he sends my shit out, saying, "See, this dude gets it." I said, "Yeah, exactly." I think I'm easily one of the best in the game. Shit, nigga, give me a half a million dollar video. Cover stories in every magazine and feed niggas a constant dose of my shit every 15 minutes on the radio and watch what happens. I fuck around and I sell all these niggas combined. Hell, if you think about it, the fans ain't even buying the records no more for content. They buying images. And what they see is what they get. <laughs> it don't matter, though. Because I'm battle-tested, baby. My spirit is unbreakable, you know what I'm saying? Relentless till I kick the bucket, I'ma be the fight. Y'all motherfuckers do walk up a sleeping giant. It's been a minute, so you know I got a mash. Fuck Steve Harvey, corny monkey looking ass. I'd vote for Willie <laughs> D over fucking most of the people running now. Just because he's really D. And not because he's a celebrity, because he actually says intelligent shit when he writes. Not even his lyrics, wow. the, the stuff that he you know puts out now. It's like, wow, yeah, Willie D is right on. Oh, man. Still in Houston? I think so. He's still in Texas somewhere, yeah. Right on. Yeah, he, yeah, always, he always puts out like these editorials about once a week, and you're like, yep, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> right damn on. Right. 
I would give him I like a, one of those, like, uh, you know, hire him to do the Daily Show or something, but it's got to be on you know, a, somewhere they don't have to censor him. I would definitely watch Willie D do the news. Ha <laughs> ha! Y'all thought this was Dragnet, didn't you? Wrong ass again! Oh, yeah. Maybe you can get an HBO show like John. Uh, yeah, or show up on his show. That would work. I would hope so. Like Daily Show Correspondence, except now it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, on the nightly show, he has uh, a lot of rappers on there. Larry Wilmore, yeah, he has a lot cool. of rappers. I, li- I like Larry. I like his show, and I like the John Oliver thing. But I really haven't watched the Daily Show without John Stewart. I've seen it it's, a couple of them, and it's fine, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's it's fine though. It's not the same, definitely not, because they have two different voices. But I mean, uh, he, he's he's good. He's good. Yeah. As a comedian, he's got great timing, and he understands the American political system. So well, I think the, his delivery is great. Yeah, the ratings issue and the issue with that guy is that it's election season, and there's no Jon Stewart. People have come to expect that for like 15 years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, it's like whole, that, that, you know, it's like when Walter Cronkite went away and suddenly people didn't know how to watch the news. Now we don't know how to get you know entertaining things about these ridiculous political people because our person <laughs> isn't there to make fun of them correctly. <laughs> Who's picking up this slack, you know? Yeah. It's all that adjustment period that people take, you know. It's only a, it's only a couple years out, I mean, because if you talk about back in the day, man, it was... It was Carson, and people were like, "Well, it's yep. only Carson." And then Carson's gone. Now there's people who barely remember Carson, you know. But nobody misses Jay Leno. Yeah. Did Jay Leno retire? Yeah, he did. Because now there's uh, Seth Meyers or something, right? Yeah. Tonight's right. show is uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I, yeah. I know there's a bunch of people doing shows now. I can't keep them all straight, but none of them are Jay Leno, right. and definitely not Johnny Carson because he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> And, and even, and even um, Letterman just retiring and, and going off, and I guess Letterman went full on uh, wild man with the big beard and everything. Yeah, he, he gave just, himself he's, a Rick he's, Rubin. He's like barely yeah. recognizable now. He got shaved his head and grew out the fucking you know battle beard and stuff like that. And he's just being a he's kind of being a recluse, but people still see him. So it's like, are you a recluse? Like, what are you doing? There's just like no rhyme or reason to what Letterman is doing now, but maybe then he just always wanted to do it. Cause I know he was, you know, he figured, you know, he was the heir apparent to Carson. Then Leno got it. Then he was getting the ratings. It was constantly Leno first, then him. And then when Leno was gone and the Jimmies were still having higher numbers than him, I think he was just like, ah, oh, fuck it, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm too old. I'm, I mean, this isn't really my world anymore. I can't relate to 90% of the fucking guests that I have. It's like, I don't even know what you fucking do. I don't even know who you are. You're sitting there, you got Miley Cyrus or some Kardashian on there, and you got to make this interesting. And it's like, I don't even want to fucking talk to these people, you know, much less... I mean, he just turned into that, and that's the reason why a lot of people were tuning in, because he was just like, he's just a crappy old guy. Like, he doesn't even fucking want to talk to these people. It's like, that's the interesting part. And and he really just, I I don't fucking care, which is good, you know? I like that. I respect him now. (laughs) That was the interesting thing about Carson, why he lasted so long, and you know, generations know of his stuff, is that you know he could interview whoever the hell they put in front of him and make it interesting from... 
you know, a four-year-old girl who had some sort of entertaining thing going on up to, you know, a 90-year-old dude. And everything in between, they, he would have something he could relate to that would, that would put across to the audience something humorous. You, know, the, right. you guys have a much, much more narrow focus. Right. Well, they're, 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 I think that cynical style of, of comedy is what handicaps a lot of the, of the new guys. Because everyone wants to be more snarky than the next guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, he didn't, did not mind being you know, the butt of the joke half the time. So that, that was like, a, like Newhart, too. Most of the, the humor involves or, you know, revolves around him having something bad happen to him, not him doing bad things to other people. Right. Yeah. And that but it was, is the key to great comedy right there. I like well, that. it was a different it was it was a different time. It was a different generation, and at that time, for however many years Carson was doing it, I mean, I assume we went from skinny Carson to fat Carson. So I mean, he was doing it for a while, and um, <laughs> never really got that fat. <laughs> but, but yeah, he got old. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nah, he was looking like Ed McMahon towards the end there. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty bad, <laughs> from what I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when it came to late night shows, I was I, I. I remember really liking the Arsenio Hall show back in the day. Um, I wasn't a Carson or a Letterman guy. I'd catch those, you know, every now and then, but it wasn't like my religion. But. Um, yeah, Arsenio, I was into probably because it was like, hey, that's our generation. Hey, I got NWA on here. Yes, I right. need to watch that. He had the best guests for sure for at our yeah. at our age. You know, I, I would watch right. Arsenio and Star Trek. That was <laughs> Star Trek, the next generation. Exactly. <laughs> Engage. <laughs> that was but the big shoot. How about uh, for the brief moment that there was Morton Downey Jr.? Which was obviously oh, you know, complete yes. made-up bullshit from day yeah, one. I know that, that but, hurts my feelings too. But it was but entertaining. It was entertaining, yeah. Oh God, I got I got to look some of those up on the YouTube's because uh, I remember staying up. For, it came on late night, right, Morton Downey? Yeah. yeah. What, what was his? Wasn't his like catchphrase calling people like a horse mouth jackass or something like? It was. He had lots of those, those lines, but right? his big one was zip it. You know, that was his big catch. Zip it. Oh, zip it. <laughs> and he smoked a lot. <laughs> we I watch TV that. now, like old shows, and they're smoking and occasional things. And my kid's like, what the hell? They could do that, like, just anywhere? And like, yeah, well, I'm, they can't even do it on TV at all now. But, yeah, like they used to, you know, people sitting in their living room, and there's two adults smoking with two kids on the couch. And, like, yeah, that was not uncommon in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You used to go. It's like you just go. You were in the restaurant, and people were smoking. Yeah. And then they had smoking sections, and then it's yeah. like now you got to smoke outside. Now it's like, hey, you can't be twenty feet by the door. It's like, goddamn. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had plenty, Move. plenty of teachers that had ashtrays in their desk drawer, and they would pull them out in between. And you'd, if you went in between classes, they'd be smoking and shit, like right in the classroom, yeah. where now they would have some yeah. sort of biohazard, you know, lockdown. Right. <laughs> But yeah, it was nothing. It was it was nothing to see. You know, that's I think uh, that's one of those interesting things when um, that show Mad Men was on because it made a point to show people smoking and they were like smoking while pregnant and it was just they were just showing these to that were like oh my god and it's like yeah but back in the day they did that and they were driving around with kids in the car in the front seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm saying no seatbelt. <laughs> no seatbelt. Oh, yeah. Driving I, the, around. The car seats that, that existed were like death traps worse than putting them just in the thing with no seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a, a, a looks like the the top half of a shopping cart where you set the baby in there, except it's strapped into your car. <laughs> like what the hell? Mm-hmm. Very safe. Yes, which really is not safe. Those shopping cart things. If our friends in Jackass tell us anything, shopping carts are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that was a great show too. <laughs> I wouldn't say great, but it had its moments. <laughs> yeah, I never watched any of that because I was like, I, I don't like stupid people. I don't want to watch them on purpose. <laughs> oh, God. I love watching stupid people do stupid shit. Oh, yeah. What about sure. To me, that was high school. And I, you know, I wasn't over that enough by the time the jackass came. I mean, even though it was like, you know, 10 years later or whatever. I, was like, eh. I remember these people and I dislike them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which actually uh, brings me to uh, I got a uh, I got like a new celebrity crush. I was watching uh, like YouTube, so I was watching like these. I was watching a lot of these YouTube things on uh, the WWE. I came across uh, one of these uh, divas. Uh, her name is uh, Sasha Banks, <laughs> and I just kept I just kept going from Sasha Banks clips. It's, I'm saying I probably put in about an hour and a half. <laughs> watching clips of this woman coming out and from yeah, all of her different it spreads. year is this oh my is this god who I think it is, Frank? yeah dude it, her, it, she's I, gonna be huge got, in another year oh man i got so engrossed i came this close to last sunday ordering um, uh, WrestleMania, oh. Wrestle fucking mania. I almost <laughs> ordered it because <laughs> wow. I wanted to see Sasha Banks in a triple threat match for the women's title. That was the it only was good match bad. too. That was the only good match. I think oh. if you ever want to order some crap like that, don't don't do it through the cable company because the the network, the WWE network, is ten bucks. And as a matter of fact, you could have got WrestleMania for free if you signed up for the month long free trial there. Well, see what I did, Frank, is I. <laughs> I did get just that match. Oh, there you go. And yeah. I watch, I watched just that match, and uh, and it re- and it was good. I thought that the ladies did a, a really good job. Um, I I found myself being my I was going to say fifteen year old self, but maybe a little young, probably like eleven. And I was really hoping this girl was going to win. Like I was vested in it, like. Like it was a real thing. <laughs> like it was yeah. a real mess. Well, they're they're building her up for a much bigger win. They had to, they oh, had to yeah. do what they did there because they had the, the the you know they owed one to Ric Flair still basically. Yeah. It's mm. like, okay, Flair's oh, yeah. daughter gets it because there was the, the right right changing the belt and from the, the butterfly hey, hey, to the normal. Yeah, and she didn't win it clean. You know, there was a run in. I mean, Ric Flair did a run. You know, right? They're <laughs> they're protecting Sasha because they know that like they had AJ for a few years, which was really popular with the girls and a lot of the guys. But Sasha is like no limit. The, the popularity is through the roof. Right. So Who's let the, me let me let me take it a step further. Where now, after about an hour and a half of looking at her clips, I decided to look on her Wikipedia page <laughs> and. And yeah. when I found out she was from Fairfield, California, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah, she you was missed, you missed a show that we did uh, last year, Kurt, when uh, 
Frank was telling me all of this, that <laughs> watch out for this chick. She's from Fairfield, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and she's young. <laughs> yeah, she, and her cousin way. is Snoop Dogg. Right, yeah. I saw Snoop Dogg come out with her. And he was saying, my family, my cousin. I was like, wait, what? So then I had to go back in. <laughs> is Snoop Dogg? Because, you know, Snoop Dogg always saying somebody's his nephew and something. Yeah. <laughs> you never nephew. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed your big uncle Snoop Dogg. <laughs> in our Spanish class in ninth grade, it would have been. Remember, like how many seniors were in there taking Spanish? All the football team and shit. If you remember, yes. if you remember, her daughter is Sasha Banks. Wow, we went. Oh to wow, um, that's crazy. <laughs> it's like I knew that girl looked oh. familiar. <laughs> Oh, wow, that just really made me feel bad. (laughs) All of of a sudden, I was like, oh, man, I'm going off on somebody I went to school with, their kid. Oh, Oh, well, she's fine. She's fine. That girl, I was like, ooh, this girl's cute. (laughs) And I like the fact that, you know what? Good stuff. I like when those wrestlers when they use their finishing moves and they incorporate their names, like the bank statement, the <laughs> bank run. Oh, I, like, cool. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. our finishing move, the bank statement. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I like that. Yeah, they, yeah, they couldn't and get it, the trademark yeah. for the Uncle Phil, so they had to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> the Uncle Phil. <laughs> the Uncle Phil. <laughs> she delivered the Uncle Phil from the top rope. <laughs> no, it wasn't. The, uh, yeah, the Uncle Phil would have to be uh, a cut scene to a uh, sprinkler just going, <laughs> and then her throwing one of the verses out of the ring. Ah! <laughs> 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 that was so funny. <laughs> Jazz. What is Jazzy Jeff doing right now? He's on tour. He's uh, yeah. he's been oh, doing music. Really? He's playing with somebody else though. It's Jazzy Jeff and Dougie Fresh. Oh. So he's the, wow. he's the DJ for Dougie Fresh now. Speaking of Dougie, there's some huge concert coming up. Um, I the, think it's the, next the 90s month. Thing? Like, so, yeah, the '90s thing. Uh, this guy that I work with has a couple of tickets that he's trying to sell because he can't go now. And I'm like, oh man, how much? <laughs> it's probably not super um, expensive. Salt and pepper, vanilla ice. It's sold out. Tone low. Sold out. Oh, it depends on which venue you're at. Some places have Tone Loke, Bismarcky, uh, Young MC. There's a lot of cool dudes there. I know. And everyone I want to see. Everyone I want to see is on this side. But, yeah, uh, but the know. list of people who were there was cool. Vanilla Ice, I could, I, mean, I could do without seeing at this point. But he's cool, I guess. Yeah. He does cut like a ninja and slice like a razor blade. He does. Mm. Uh, <laughs> although I Dang think it. they should have him do all of the music for the new Ninja Turtles movie in the way that Prince did Batman. Oh, yeah. There you go. That could work out. You know, Instead of no just one doing the one that, that, But I would, I would, you know, that would make it just that much better. Since Bebop and Rocksteady are there anyway. Ninja. Yeah. Hey. Ninja. Rap. And freaking ninja. Krang. Ninja. Have you seen the, the picture ninja, of Krang? Go Ninja. Yeah. It's like the, the big robot body with the brain in it. I'm like, that looks correct. I don't believe they're doing this. You know, I'm have to see that movie just because it looks like they followed the proper character designs, except for the turtles themselves, who look like frogs. <laughs> and they look like giant frogs. What was that? Street frogs. <laughs> That's what they look like. <laughs> Street frogs. Yeah. <laughs> who can do a hip hop better than a frog can? Street frogs. Street frogs. 
Moose the Goose, yeah. Honey Love, Loretta, Dr. Swift, Weird Street. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> how many of those things there were after people disco- discovered Ninja Turtles were not a, a quick fad? I mean, we had, you know, the Battletoads, of course, and the uh, the adolescent something, you know, hamsters. And there were the, oh, the yeah. power pachyderms that were the elephants. So much, you know, so many ripoffs of what was essentially a ripoff to begin with. You know, they were trying to parody right. X-Men and shit. Uh, that's right yeah remember uh what was that cadillacs and dinosaurs <laughs> yeah i stole from them i stole from all the best <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's what we do all right shit uh I, I wish we weren't coming like towards the end. <laughs> we could have talked about uh, what what year did we leave off on? Did we ever hit eighty five? Oh. No, we never really f- finished eighty four. We had to do an eighty four, eighty five show. Be in a break break it. period between you know massive film releases. <laughs> that, yeah, that I, yeah. I, see, that's the only thing that's. I feel like that was the thing that was has been hurting the. Um, the way we were going with the uh, eight, you know, going by the years, it's like got some big things that's going on, man. Right now, <laughs> right now, 2016 uh, yeah. is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we interrupt pre-planned series for breaking news. That's for sure. Right. For and sure. again, I, I, I just, I just found Sasha Banks, so that's what I'm going to be talking about for the rest of 2016. We're going to be following her career from this point on. <laughs> well, we have backup back up about a year and a half you know, and watch some of the NXT stuff that's, that's surely, surely on YouTube and, uh, and watch yeah, her oh, rise I, watch her rise from absolute nothing you know that they paid no attention to to taking over the fucking place and then they had to put her in the big time I'm trying to tell you Frank an hour and a half <laughs> you already YouTube did that clips. I got you okay five six minute clips an hour and a half of them I've seen her matches with Bailey I've seen her coming yeah, I up I all I was going to say, once you the, love Sasha, you'll probably be led to love Bailey soon afterwards. <laughs> you know, I saw the 20-minute Iron Man match between Bailey and Sasha Banks. And I would say I even saw the clip of Triple H telling them that they were going to have that main. They were going to headline a pay-per-view the first time ever women headlined a pay-per-view i never knew that <laughs> yeah the, that was news to me <laughs> the divas crap has been lame for a long time and they're, they're you know they've caught up and surpassed most of the guys at this point as far as their talent and skill yes i i, I saw the clip where i gotta where up. stephanie mcmahon said that she wanted to do the divas revolution and then brought all these new people and Sasha Banks was one of the new people that she brought. All right, she's I doing to, real good. I need to get on the bus. Then you guys, you got to get on this bank roll, man. See what I did there? And uh, <laughs> wow, wow, well done. Yeah, we are going to be following her career from now on until she is like the fabulous Mula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll take a while too. <laughs> It's going to take a while, man. But I'm just talking about Fabulous Moolah back in the day when she was like the champion and no one could ever beat her and she finally had to let somebody win because she was going to be the the women's champion for the rest of her life because nobody could beat her. Yeah. Moolah. Yeah. She, she owned that business. 
well, obviously no one could beat her because no one was booked to beat her, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's not that she go. was that hardcore of an old broad. It's just that she had, you know, good script writers. Yeah. I, shit. I remember those hey. matches when no one could ever beat Hogan. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's right. Nobody could ever beat on in the eighties. You will never lose hey. that belt. <laughs> The most devastating move in sports entertainment today: the boot to the face and the leg drop. <laughs> and the leg drop. <laughs> it still works whenever he winds up in the ring and pulls that move out, too. Except now, like the boot only comes up about a foot off the ground, and so does the ass when he does the leg drop. He just kind of hops you, and falls. You kind of you kind of have to job a lot for Hogan nowadays, it, more so it, than you yeah. ever did in the '80s. And just mm-hmm. as, uh, real quick. To, uh, go back after uh, what, a, what about three or four podcasts back um, now that Hogan beat the rap I mean we really have to go into oh yeah. Uh, yeah so what does this mean what does this mean for Hollywood Hogan <laughs> is he going to well, be able to go back to is he going to be able to go back to work is he going to actually get the 140 million dollars or they're going to be like yeah you won that try and get it try and collect <laughs> He'll collect something, and as far as getting back to work, eventually he was going to get back to work whether he won or not. It's just a matter of waiting for that to all blow over, you know. And, uh, and they did expire his current contract, but they can always re-sign him later, five years down the road or whatever. Because there's people that work for them that have been convicted of or done far worse things, and they're still around. So as soon as Hogan can make him money, he'll be back. Yeah, I, I, you know what, I see that happening. I mean, I guess in uh, the court of public opinion, though, you know, with the whole N-word stuff and all that, I mean, where does, I, I would like to know where he stands because this was the perfect um, thing, this whole trial and everything, where he's the poor Hogan, but, I mean, he said some hurtful stuff, you know? And all of that's just been swept under. Well, he said some shit when he was pissed off that he normally wouldn't say if he wasn't pissed off. And I think everybody has done that at some time. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I'm not, I'm not passing judgment at all on him. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, hey, not everyone has my sensibilities. You know what I mean? (laughs) He shouldn't do that kind of stuff. And and anybody who's that kind of person should know better. But. uh, I'm pretty sure that even probably to this day, maybe uh, it's a little bit, if you go backstage at a wrestling thing, there's a lot of racism going on in that sort of jokey way. And some of it is in that disguised as jokey, but not really jokey way. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the question is, is he in the, on the jokier side or on the serious side? <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm, I'm sure I, I, I can't see Hogan wearing a clan hood because it would look kind of weird in a bandana form it's, on the it's back a of his clan head. Dana. <laughs> clan bandana. Clan bandana. <laughs> All right. It ain't, ain't going to get better than that. All right, gentlemen, I got to go feed my kids. <laughs>
Ah, uh, uh, Adonis, pull yourself together.